right, welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we would usually <laughs> watch a superhero movie and decide if it belongs in the Phantom Zone, to be forgotten about forever, or uh, among... What's the thing I usually say? I'm, I'm um, out basically in the world. out in the world for everybody to experience. Yes, thank you. But today we are doing a quick review on Black Widow. So it's not the usual thing we would do because we don't typically review new movies until we were like, hey, let's just throw in a review every now and then, right? Yeah, and new movie releases are like spread out enough to where few and far between it yeah. can warrant a special episode. Yeah, especially since like when we started, it was like there were no movies coming out. No, not so. at all. That was like back in October. Uh, uh, COVID days. Right. Which I guess is still a thing. Yeah. So Black Widow, movie that was supposed to come out in 2020, early 2020. Yeah, it was supposed to come out in 2020. It should have come out in like 2017. Yes. <laughs> so real quick, this is, before we like get into it, the fact that she's a character that was like the third main character introduced in the MCU, right? Yeah. She was brought in 2010. At Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2, exactly. Literally the third movie of the MCU. Right. Yeah. You know, we see her in several films along the way. And she was the only, like, other than, like, Hawkeye, she was the only, like, main Avenger to, like, not have, like, a solo film. But at the time, Marvel Studios was ran by Ike Perlmutter, who's, like, this very elusive, like, shady dude. Yeah. Um... One of the two guys who him and Avi Arad, who ended up buying Marvel at one point when Marvel was like going bankrupt. I remember seeing Avi Arad's name in a lot of the older yes. Marvel movies. And then, you know, they like have obviously their hands in, in all of this. Yeah, he's but... the guy that keeps fucking up Spider-Man, right? No, that's Avi Arad. Oh, Avi Arad kept fucking up Spider-Man. Yeah. Yes. So Avi Arad kind of helped find, found, found, yeah, found, yeah, Marvel Studios. And then shortly it was like uninvolved. So he basically wanted to stay involved in non-Marvel Studios, Marvel like franchises. So things that they were licensing to like other Ghost studios. Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Yep. So he's involved. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, he was involved in all those movies. He was involved with like X Men, Spider Man. Nowadays, he's mostly just involved with like Spider Man things, some TV stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Right. A lot of the Sony stuff he seems to be involved with. Right. Venom. Even though, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Even though he like works for Marvel, I Perlmutter was running the studio, you know, Kevin Feige being like the main executive producer, and they could not see eye to eye on anything because Ike Perlmutter is like super sexist and he's super old fashioned. Yeah. Weren't there like leaked emails or something saying that he didn't believe like female led anything would sell at all? Yes. Yeah. So specific things that we know, like he prevented from happening was Black Widow getting, getting a solo movie, uh, having any female led project, having female led villains. So originally, the villain of Iron Man three wasn't going to be uh, Killian, uh, Aldrich Killian. Killian, yeah, thank you. It was going to be the lady, the botanist. What's oh, her name? that they kill off. Yeah, Rebecca Hall's character. Yes, I don't remember her name. I just I remember the actor. And so <laughs> she, her, yeah, so her character was supposed to be the villain of that film. She was rewritten because, according to Ike Perlmutter, not believable for the woman to be the um, villain, and girls don't sell toys. <sighs> Ike Perlmutter and Avi Arad came from a toy company. Toys. It was, it was, it was a was toy it biz. To- oh, a toy biz? Toy not biz. Hot Toys? No, Hot Toys is a different thing. Hot Toys is respectable. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, toy biz. And so they come from, you know, toys. Right. Also, Middle Eastern toys. That's a whole different... You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to sure what, what that speaks to for, like, American markets or whatever, but that's a whole different thing. 
And he was also very much against like overspending on budgets. So was very against making big time investments that he thought were risky, even though Kevin Feige is over here saying they're not risky. So, for example, he was against casting Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. in um, Captain America 3 Civil War. And that was kind of the breaking point. So it was because of that decision that Kevin Feige sidestepped him, went to Disney and said, this guy's fucking everything up. <laughs> Can we work with around him? And they did. They plucked Marvel Studios out from underneath Marvel, put it in Disney, like in the corporate structure. Right. So Kevin Feige could do whatever he wanted to with Marvel. That's when he got control. Yes. And the rest of Marvel, Marvel Entertainment, has no say in it anymore. Was this before they came to the deal with Sony for Spider-Man? Yes, that's all. That's okay. Kevin Feige uh, talking to Amy Pascal over okay. at Sony. So, you know. So, he, Perlmutter would have fucked up Civil War. Yeah. And so, <laughs> Black Widow was never even discussed because of, of that. Right. You know, presumably. Right? I we remember uh, Perlmutter also really wanted to push the Inhumans for some reason. Right. Anyway, we're not talking about the Inhumans. We're talking about Black Widow. So because of those things, Black Widow gets pushed so far in the back burner that it's, you know, 2020 before it can get made. Well, after her character's already been killed off. Yeah. Which hurts some aspects of the movie, I think. Yeah. Black Widow, obviously starring Scarlett Johansson, David Harbour, Rachel Wise, Ray Winstone, Florence Pugh. Pretty good casting here. Overall thoughts. Do you want to go? Yeah. Uh, I liked it. It was a very entertaining movie. I was into it like the whole time. It has a bit of a darker tone to it yeah. in comparison to the other Marvel movies and a little bit more of a grounded tone to it uh-huh. as well, which is a little strange considering where the MCU is headed right now. So sure. it, it right. makes it feel a little bit out of place. But overall, I did like this movie a lot. I think this movie is incredible and I loved it. And I really want to see it again. We both said this like I was like we were about to like turn the microphones on. We're like we should have seen this one more time. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, incredible. Like I honestly was blown away. And this is a movie I didn't know I wanted. And I'll be honest, I wasn't excited for it going in because a combination of like this is sort of a prequel. You know, we already know what her character is gonna be. We already saw her die. We know we're not going to get any more of her. Right. You know what I mean? And that does kind of like suck a little bit of the fun out. Like going in, it sucks the excitement out. Kind of like lets the wind out of the sails, right? Mm -hmm. But as the movie's going on, and I'm talking like two, three minutes into the film, I'm like, never mind. Like, I need this movie. The intro to (laughs) this this movie was very like, I don't know if powerful is the right word, but it pulled me in for sure. The beginning of this movie. I'm sitting here like, this should have been a top priority for Marvel. Like after Avengers. You know, because that was like her her first like kind of bigger role. Like she had kind of a minor role in Iron Man 2. We learn a little bit more about her in Avengers. And it's at that point you're like, yeah, give me more, please. Yeah, because there's actually some stuff mentioned in Avengers that you do see in this movie. Yeah, I wrote that down. So, so again, a combination of that and like the delays, you know. Yeah. Waiting for a movie that feels like it's never going to come because they delayed it maybe five times over the course of the last (laughs) year and a half is like a bummer <laughs> right and, and the people that were excited about it i'm sure like that would set their expectations almost too high as well because they've been waiting so yeah. long for this. yeah so it's kind of like a double-edged sword here yeah i mean movies in in like the time of covid is just it's all over the map yeah right whether how even on how you, we consume them like watching them on streaming like we if we watch a big movie here at my house, like I got a big TV and a big sound system and it's a nice experience. Right. You know what I'm saying? But like 
most people don't have that. Most people watch movies on, you know, their regular size TV. Like like a 40 inch. Yeah, with like one speaker that sucks. 1080p TV. A lot of people watch things on streaming. They just watch them on their laptops or on their fucking phones or iPads. Like... And Christopher Nolan would hate that. <laughs> Christopher Nolan will find you and kill you if you watch his movie <laughs> on an iPad. <laughs> there was something to say about like being in the theater, which is just yes. extra big, it's, extra loud. It's so it's it's nice to have the theater experience yeah. again. So that that was super nice. Back to the film, I think this is a very well character driven film. I think oh, this yeah. is this is Natasha's movie. By the way, these are non spoilers. We're gonna spoil the movie a little bit later, so it's perfectly safe. We will mark when that happens. Yeah, we'll let you know when Don't it happens. Worry. We'll we'll tell you what to skip to if you want to avoid the spoilers too. I mean, it's gonna be the end of the episode. That's oh, why you can just so, stop it. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the film is just a super well written, character driven thing. I think because a lot of times when you go into these Marvel movies, you're like, all right, well, where's the cameo? Like, what's what if Iron Man were to come and save the day? You know what I'm saying? And like sometimes it feels like that should happen. You know, when you watch like Iron Man three at the end. They've got the president as hostage, and you're like, where the fuck are the rest of the Avengers? The president has been taken. That was an issue with a lot of the Phase 2 movies in Ex- particular. Like, Thor exactly. the Dark World, it's like, oh, like, where were they? London? London? They were in London. to be, like, destroyed. Where and, is everybody? And no one's like, we gotta get on a Quinja. I mean, I get it. They're probably several hours away. I also feel like a lot of this stuff happened, like, spur of the moment. Yeah. Like, but Iron Man 3, that shit takes place in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Don't... Like, also, like, give me that. Tony Stark's house got blown up and it was on the news. Not even Hawkeye's like, are you okay? <laughs> no one's giving him a call. Um, Where, where's Fury? <laughs> so, it, you kind of, for me, when I go into a movie where it's not one of those, like, like those big team-ups, it's something I kind of fear, where I'm like, are they going to, like, undercut her because Captain America's in this movie? Because right. going in, we didn't know if Captain America was going to be in this film. We know that no. this takes place between Civil War and Infinity War. So it was possible. Where, yeah, her and Cap, not Ant-Man, and not Hawkeye because they... They, they took deals. They took deals. But uh, Sam, I yeah. think it's basically the three of them. Uh, and Bucky. Well, Bucky's kind of like sealed Bucky, up. Bucky, and then Wanda and Vision. Oh, yeah, and Wanda. Not Vision, Vision's... Oh, Vision was... He was on Team Stark. He's on the oh. compound. Oh, and Wanda. Right. Yeah, but Wanda was but on the run with them. when we see them in uh, Infinity War, they're together. They were meeting, remember? They had scheduled meetups. Oh, that's right. That like, like in Tony secret. Did, yeah, Tony didn't know about. Yeah. Oh, because Tony was like, I, I don't know where he's at. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't really know if like, are they going to undercut any of this with, you know, having Captain America there? You know? Yeah. I had no idea. This was filmed so so long ago. That, like, we don't. We are honestly like, have don't Iron know. Man chase her down or something. Or, right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's well written enough to where it stays within like Black Widow's wheelhouse. And it's uniquely about her, and it's only a problem that she can solve. Yeah. She can't. It's not like she can be like, let me just call my friend Steve Rogers, and he'll come save the day, right? <laughs> no, and it's tied very closely like, her past and exactly. her family. And, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, we have had, like, some really good character moments with Natasha throughout the films. Because yeah. she hasn't, again, she hasn't had her own time to shine. No. So but she has had plenty of screen time. Yeah. She's in a lot of stuff. Right. And you you get a lot of her like she's kind of the secondary character in the Winter Soldier, obviously Iron Man 2. And she gets a lot of play in Captain America Civil War. In Age of Ultron, you get like a glimpse of her past. Oh, yeah. In Age of Ultron, yeah. too. We have those moments as she like talks about her past, talks about herself. The Red Room. And, with yeah. Cap and with Bruce Banner. Yeah. A little bit with Loki. But other than that, like we don't. Yeah. 
know anything about her. And then there's this part in Endgame when they're having her funeral. They're a little private funeral because they don't have time because they got to go do stuff because they, they just saved the universe. Right. They yeah. had just collected the Infinity Stones and they're like taking 10 minutes to like mourn. Right. I keep wanting to say like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> to mourn Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> to mourn Black Widow and they're over by the lake and Tony Stark is like, do we know if she has any family? Like here's someone that you've worked with for so long you know nothing about yeah, them and then they're like no just us and well yeah and the cap's like yeah us yeah like this is it like we're all she had and it's nice to like be able to like explore more about this super spies background when even other members of the avengers like don't know don't it, know you yeah. know but you were speaking about the tone this movie's a little bit darker it's said. up there with infinity war and like dark tone because Infinity War was relatively dark, but there was like still a lot of jokes thrown in there to like kind of break the tension. This movie's like has a lot of dark themes. There's a few parts of it that are a little bleak, and the humor seems a bit more blunt in this movie. They don't seem like jokes. No. Yeah, because yeah. there there is some humor in this, and I left the movie thinking that it was completely humorless. I was like, oh no, this one didn't have any jokes, and then I thought about it. I'm like. It did have jokes. The thing is, is that they're just, they don't have like the same kind of jokey They're cadence. very uh, tonally different. Exactly. Yeah. It, it didn't feel like they were put there. It just feels no. like. It, and the it, characters were just kind of funny. Right. It felt very organic in a way that a lot of Marvel movies don't in some of the humor. Yeah. You know, not to compare it to Star Wars, but think of the first 10 minutes of The Last Jedi. Oh, when Poe's like kind of fucking with uh, Hux. Yeah. And you're like, these are like jokes it's, it seems like marvel yeah these are like <laughs> jokes that are like they feel like really at, out of place they're jokes right? like yeah. they're actually jokes yeah yeah this doesn't feel like it has any of that it just feels like very natural humor with the characters that they've Which done right might cause a lot of people to think that this movie just doesn't have any Isn't humor in it funny i thought this movie had a lot of humor in it it was just a different type of humor yeah but no tonally i think it's it's a little bit dark it feels a lot more like a spy thriller than anything that the mcu has done even though the mcu has made like one and a half spy thrillers, in my opinion. One and a half. Well, Winter Soldier, I feel like, is a spy thriller. Isn't that considered like a political thriller? Might be a little bit of both. <laughs> and then, eh, yeah, you've got uh, Civil War, which is like the first kind of half of it is very also kind of like spy-ish. The part with like Bucky and... Yeah, and all like that stuff. being framed. Like before and... the airport. Everything before the airport feels yeah. a little more spy And then after the airport, it feels like avengers yeah 2.5 well i exactly and at <laughs> one point in this movie i'm like are they gonna start punching each other like where's all the marvel stuff there's a lot of dialogue in this movie <laughs> it almost like this doesn't feel like a marvel film in the best way like this feels kind of like it could be a mission impossible movie oh wait a series of movies you haven't seen i've seen <laughs> the newest one with henry cavill okay cool so you could you agree <laughs> there's with similarities that? there for sure yeah that you feel like this is kind of like a high octane spy thriller yes However, I feel it has more of that in, like, the first act of the movie, more so than the rest of it. I mean, by the third act, it's a Marvel movie again. Right. And there's some punching involved. But <laughs> I honestly was like, are they going to start... Is there, like, a bad guy they're going to fight? Like, the trailers almost feel disingenuous in the way that it presented this, like, a very Marvel film. And right. now I'm watching something that's, like, much more grounded and yeah. and kind of dramatic, you know? Yes, this was a much more grounded movie, which, like I said before, like with the way the MCU is going right now, it does make it feel a little weird because, you know, we're getting like... It's almost like a back to basics, though. Like if it's like, hey, yeah, you remember this quaint shit we used to do over around like Winter Soldier? Like, let's do that again, you know? (laughs) Yeah. To me, it feels like this is a stretch of the Marvel 
universe a bit in terms of tone because around phase two phase one is all the same formula every single movie it's almost the same and they're all origin movies too for the most part after avengers when you get to iron man 3 feels kind of like a buddy cop movie (laughs) it's like a weird kind of role road phase two like they started making almost different different genres almost yeah i have a theory that iron man 3 is just like this wild experiment see how far they could push the genre and still call it marvel i like it but i also know it's not a popular opinion yeah i'm I'm on the fence i don't (laughs) i don't like it too much but same thing with gardens of the galaxy it's like can we make this wild that was like a year later can we make this wild thing and will it still be marvel you know or or, or are people gonna hate it yeah and guardians is more of like a what genre would that be it's like fantasy it's like, like space fantasy. Space fantasy, but it's also like it's we a, have like this ragtag group it's like of space like misfits. Pirates, space cowboys, space pirates kind of deal. Yeah. Makes you think of like a little bit of Star Wars, a little bit of like Cowboy Bebop, you know? A lot of Cowboy Bebop, yeah. actually. So for me, I'm like, it just feels like this movie in particular has continued to like kind of push that boundary of what makes a Marvel movie a Marvel movie to the point where I'm like, there's no genre anymore. The MCU is no longer... A genre of films. It's not just superhero movies. It's not a super. It's not a superhero genre anymore. It's just a universe yeah. where there's a ton of different things happening, and, and they gonna, just happen to connect. Yeah, and they're they all exist in the same universe, and we're going to see them connect, and we're going to see a little bit of everything. But at the same time, like here's a very kind of grounded sort of spy movie that's very dramatic and very about family, yeah. and that exists simultaneously with like, you know, like you said, a Captain America political thing, and it exists in the same world as like WandaVision and Loki. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Loki's getting wild right now. And it's now. right. It's all wild in their own way. Yeah. But they can all coexist within the same universe. Yes. So it doesn't get boring. There used to be an old saying that didn't really pick up called uh, superhero fatigue, <laughs> where people thought we would get tired of superhero movies well, by if now. If you were making the same movie Ex- over and over, yeah. Exactly. This is different. This is pushing. Yeah. It feels like in WandaVision where, she, where they're like pushing kind of the walls further and further. Mm-hmm. They're pushing kind of the boundaries a little bit more on what they can do. Within the MCU. And eventually Westview will be the entire world. Right. <laughs> the, every movie will be an MCU movie, actually. That's what we're getting at. But Mission Impossible, actually in the MCU. Actually. Fast 9, actually. <laughs> Familia. Oh, which, speaking of that, this is also a very family-oriented movie. Like, not, yeah, that's not what I'm oriented like two families, but like... It's about family. Yes. Exactly, yeah. And I like that it doesn't feel like this movie ha- it has a formula. It doesn't feel like it's been Marvelified. One of my biggest criticisms with Black Panther was that when we started hearing news about Black Panther and they went and got Ryan Coogler, who's like this very kind of like grounded and dramatic director, mm-hmm. best known for Creed at the time, Oh, okay. was going to do Black Panther. And I was like, oh, so it felt to me like Black Panther was going to be the kind of this like gritty, darker turn in the Marvel Universe. Something that would be kind of unapologetically about race, which it is. It is. But at the same time, it's very colorful. It's very jumpy, jumpy. You know what I mean? And it's kind of... It's very Marvel. It's it's very Marvel. Almost too much? I think so. Yeah. I think that's kind of what brings that movie down for me like, a little bit. The I'll, final fight is like almost like by the numbers, like phase yeah. one Marvel fight. Yeah. And I get that part of it was they wanted it to be a simple film because yeah. it was going to introduce Marvel to a lot of people who had never seen these. Yeah. 
So And there was good world building in that film, I'll say. Fant- yeah, the movie's fine. I'm just saying I was expecting a bit of more of a darker tone. We might that get film. that with the next one. Maybe, actually. There's going to be some dark stuff in that movie uh, with you know T'Challa not being alive, right? Because they're not recasting yeah. the character. So Are they killing him, though? Or are they just... They can't just write him off just forever. just going to be absent? <laughs> no, they, they would have to kill him. It almost feels disingenuous if they don't. You know, if they say we're not going to recast him, then like it then, feels then what are you, yeah what are you gonna do you can't just like have them on right, ice forever right. but this movie didn't do that this didn't get kind of the marvel treatment i was expecting no it has the only i think opening credits in a marvel movie and i'm gonna have to think about that uh, but i don't think incredible hulk might incredible hulk does you're right yeah 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 but that's so early on which is almost like, doesn't count <laughs> and the way incredible hulk did it was like it was a weird thing where they like kind of recapped his origin, which yeah. made it seem like they were recapping the 2003 movie. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Yeah. You you got that kind of vibe. Yeah. But, but this one was than... just like a montage with like a licensed song. Yeah. It felt like a Bond movie. Yeah. It felt, like I said, like Mission Impossible. Like at this point, you know, it's not necessary. It's purely for style. Yeah. And you know? I liked it. It set, definitely set the tone for the movie. I honestly I was like, is this montage. a Marvel movie? Like yeah. the opening credit montage. What am I watching right now? Is this does not Zach feel like Snyder Marvel. Movie? Yeah, like what is happening right now? But it is nice to see a little bit more like style, which is yes. something that the Marvel Universe doesn't have. No. Because everything in the Marvel Universe has to fit together. Yeah. And I'm not saying this doesn't fit, but it is kind of nice to see that, right? Absolutely. So darker tone for sure. And then basically, I think that's all we can say without getting into spoilers. I got a couple more things here if you want to add anything else before we get into spoilers. Uh... No, what are you going to add before we get into the spoilers? Uh, Taskmaster is the villain. Yeah, as seen in the trailers. As seen yeah. in the trailers. You know, second thought, there's, I don't really want to talk anything about Taskmaster without getting into spoilers. Yeah, I was in the same boat. Okay, so the, the last thing I want to do, I want to say before going into spoilers, actors, ScarJo, David Harbour, Florence Pugh, all do very well, as usual. No one's. It's hard to find a Marvel movie with a bad performance. Yeah. Honest, like, honestly. Like, even if it doesn't have the best actors, like, their performances... Are usually stellar. It's good because yeah. the direction is usually yeah. good. Yeah, and the writing is always on, is just top-notch. I keep thinking she's underrated because of, like, her incredible beauty. She's not. She's perfectly well-rated. She's been nominated for, like, two Academy Awards. Yeah. Like, she was fucking amazing in uh, Jojo Rabbit. I did end up watching that, by the way. Oh, you did? Yeah. You like it? It was really good. Because when we talked about Jojo Rabbit, you hadn't seen it, right? weirdly depressing at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but it ends on a high note, though. Yeah. But it's like when everybody's just getting killed in the streets and stuff. And Well, it is a World War II movie. It's it, a Holocaust it film. It is. No, but yeah, it's a good movie. But it's like also like a fun Holocaust yeah. film. But Scarlett Johansson was incredible in that film. Yeah. She was amazing in that. She's, she's had other, other roles that she's really good in. She's one of the actors that has precise control over her facial expressions. And I mentioned this. That like she can barely move her face and yet project a completely different emotion. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping she brought some of that into Ghost in the Shell whenever we talk about that. That'd be really interesting, actually. We should actually maybe, like, bump that up. (laughs) But this is a film that is, in my opinion, out of time. Like, this is not a prequel for me. I feel like this is a movie that belongs squarely somewhere between Civil War and Infinity War. Yeah, like, Um, this movie would have been perfect to watch, like, in chronological order. Basically, yeah. Because... So, like, if... If they released it right after Civil War, that would have been perfect. It would have been a little bit better. And if they wanted to do a prequel type story vibe to it, then they could have done it right after Infinity War. But like, no matter what, like I feel like this movie needs to be seen before Endgame. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's my what I'm getting to is watch order. I think this movie definitely belongs to be watched, even by a first time viewer. 
with the exception of the post credit scene, which we're going to get to. A first-time viewer and a repeat viewer, I think this is best watched somewhere between those. There's five movies between those two movies, Infinity War or Civil War and Infinity War. Uh, and this belongs there because it's not a prequel. A prequel is a movie that's one set out of time, like it goes backwards, but also it needs to be watched in that order because it's made with the viewer in mind yeah. and that the viewer would have had pre-existing knowledge of the previous film, which is set afterwards, right? Right. This movie doesn't, doesn't do, do It doesn't do any of that. No. You could, like this I, movie literally just picks up after yep. Civil War. And there's no kind of like foreshadowing to something like her death and Endgame, nothing like that. No. It just belongs there. And I thought this going in, I'm like, that her Endgame death, which was for me felt like a little kind of sudden. Um, yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't see it coming and I should have. And when it happened, I was like, oh my God, like she's dead. Like that's it. Yeah. Like, wow. You know? So I think that would benefit a lot from having a little bit more backstory. And I knew that going in because I'm like, well, it's a whole movie. Obviously, this is going to be a whole movie about her. Yeah. It'll inform the viewer a little bit more when her death comes in Endgame, right? Yeah. And after seeing it, yeah, I, I totally think that. And I think rare opinion for me because I'm very much like, do not watch these in chronological <laughs> order. Like, it doesn't really make sense to do so. Yeah. And even though for the most part, the MCU is in chronological order for the most part. But for example, you can't watch Captain Marvel first. It won't make any goddamn sense. No. <laughs> Everything in that movie relates to what's what, happening. What you with... already know. Yes. You're supposed to already know several of those characters. If you start the MCU with that, you're going to be like, what the hell? Yeah. You're supposed to know what the Tesseract is. Yeah. <laughs> and if you haven't seen Phase 1. Yeah. yeah. Not at all. Well, yeah. So overall, great movie, I think. Yeah. I don't think we have a rating system, but hey, I love it. I think this is. I, like it I recommend watching it. I'm getting a lot of flack right now because I called it a top five in the MCU. <laughs> uh, I think you you probably put it a little bit lower than I, that. Yeah, mine's like more like I don't have like a specific spot for it, but if I were to just guess, I'd be like middle tier of the movies, but like on the higher end of it. Yeah, because yeah, there's just okay. so many amazing there movies are some other in ones. the MCU yeah. already that I wouldn't say that this tops those, but it's one of the higher yeah. ones up there for me. I mean, I think for me, it's I think this is up there. You got some Captain Americas. You've got. Like this and... You have the Avenger movies. One of the Avengers... The thing about the Avengers movies is that, like, I don't see them as movies. Because I don't think they're movies. They're just, like, I, I know it feels weird, but I, feel, <laughs> I think they're more like events. Like, some of them don't have a normal plot that makes sense on its own. They're like... Yeah, none of them are standalone movies. That's what I'm saying. You know what they feel like? They feel like... um The crossover episodes. Something like that, or, like, a TV special. <laughs> you know, like a variety hour, like right. TV special where it's like, what do you call this? It's, I don't know. We, we, we did a thing. We put it like, on hey, TV. Here's a, it's almost like each Avengers movie is like a like a bookmark in the MCU. Well, I feel like the first two Avengers movies are movies. I know it sounds weird. This is a thing in my head that I can't explain. <laughs> but by Infinity War, there's so many characters and the plot is not a normal one. It doesn't have like a regular structure. No, it's a culmination of exactly of a shit ton of other films, and Endgame's yeah. even worse when you, well, yeah, when you look at it that Infinity way. Because Infinity War is like the climax of the MCU up to that point. Yeah, and I guess like Endgame would be like the con conclusion. Conclusion, really. yeah, and then absolutely. You could look at the last Spider-Man movie as kind of an epilogue, a little sort bit, sorta, yeah, a little bit of a send-off, sort, yeah, for sure. It, for me, Infinity War and Endgame just they just don't count as movies, and I love them. I think they're fantastic, <laughs> but I just can't look at them like a normal movie they're not normal movies so if you ask me to rank them i kind of can't like i think they're fine i think they're great actually but i can't put them against like 
what do you put that against Iron Man one and Captain America first Avenger? I'm like, yeah, I don't it's know. Like, it's like not even like a fair it's, comparison. It's not a fa- exactly. It's like apples and oranges. Yeah. So those aside, I feel like I got you know two Captain America movies, maybe all three Captain America movies. All three are and very then like good. maybe like Iron Man and this, and then maybe we get to like Guardians one. I don't know. It's loosely up there for me. I think this is like a top contender. Is my point. Okay. And I guess that's my rating. But that's it for non-spoilers. From here on end, we're talking spoilers. We did really good for not spoiling any of this film Actually, while we were yeah. talking about it. Because now we're gonna like dive into the yeah. plot and stuff. Pat ourselves on the back. We did really good. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't spoil shit. We didn't spoil a goddamn thing. But spoilers from here on end. This is for me the big spoiler because plot-wise, there's no not really. There's a reveal. Which is Taskmaster, but the big spoiler. Which, yeah, that's not even kind of the big takeaway of this movie is that it's like a Me Too movie. Yeah, like the first major like Me Too film, right? And that's not my opinion. Scarlett Johansson said that. No, and like <laughs> the plot, like one hundred percent revolves around that. So the bad guy is not Taskmaster. That's just what they put in the trailers, right? Because it's the it's the punchy, punchy, kicky one, right? Yeah, like it's which. The... You know what I mean? When we talk about Taskmaster, I'll talk a little bit more. But that was probably my main disappointment with this movie was Taskmaster. I'll agree with you. But for me, it's a nitpick. I'm like, eh, it's fine. It's whatever. But the main villain is like Harvey Weinstein. There's a character, (laughs) Drakoff. I forget his first name. doesn't matter. And he's just perfectly made to look. It's Ray Winstone. It's a Russian Harvey Weinstein. And it's a Russian uh, Harvey Weinstein. The whole character is this mogul who controls a network of women with his pheromones, right? And he robs them of their innocence, humanity, family, autonomy, like everything short of just saying he sexually abuses them. Yeah. You can even read this movie and be like, he probably does. Like he probably has it because I mean, he can control them. Yeah. Like 100% control them. So if you're this piece of shit, like why wouldn't you have some as sex slaves? You know what I mean? I think that's the implicit part. Like it's not, it's just a Disney movie. Yeah, they're not going to... (laughs) <laughs> outright say if it. there was all if there was a rated r cut of this film they would you know what i'm saying if this because was like um the fox marvel back in the day they, they would maybe because <laughs> earlier in the movie it's revealed that they engineered this kind of mind control on pigs right so the metaphor is all these women are his pigs like that's how he yeah. looks at them they're just meat yeah. right and so yeah if this was a rated r movie he would absolutely be like raping them i think and I th- like you can control them to the point where you're like stop breathing and they'll stop breathing yeah they almost killed a pig which made me very uncomfortable i had to rem- i had to be like this is a disney movie and they're not gonna kill the like, pig they're not gonna kill this her. is <laughs> disney 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 like the pig will not die <laughs> but i think this is the best villain story wise you could put in a black widow movie this is the person responsible for robbing her of her entire life. Yeah. And there's some similarities with the whole control thing to um, Kilgrave from Jessica Jones. Yeah. And honestly, Kilgrave, you could say the same exact thing. Yeah. And he does and that, abuse he, women in that. Yeah. That's kind of the whole And in point the of comic, character. I think he straight up rapes Jessica Jones. Oh, does he? I think so. That is dark as shit. The, the Jessica jo- the Alias comics, yeah, they're yeah. very like... Um, they're pretty dark, right? Very dark, like pretty much R-rated. Yeah. Yeah fits the tone of those netflix shows perfectly oh yeah, yeah for sure and that's kind of why i say like this doesn't need any cameos captain america doesn't have to come and save the day because what does that do story-wise when it can't be anyone but natasha to deal with the person responsible for who she is yeah again we don't know much about natasha throughout the mcu like her backgrounds or whatever what we do know is a couple times that like she is very much a spy first to the point where she doesn't have friends yeah. She doesn't admit to having a friend until Steve Rogers. 
when she's like, yeah, we could be friends. Is that what you want? I don't know. I don't fucking have any friends. And this is in uh, Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's implied that like her only like real family is Hawkeye and his family. Yeah. Which I guess Hawkeye, she has like a, some sort of special friendship with Hawkeye. It's very familial. Like they're yeah. like brother, sister. And kind um, of. so, yeah, I guess her only friends really like before, I want to say Age of Ultron, where they kind of like come together as like a real Avengers team is, um, yeah, Steve and Ho- uh, Steve and Hawkeye. Yeah. It sound like I said Stephen Hawkeye, but Steve <laughs> Rogers and Clint Barton Hawkeye. Stephen Hawking's. Uh, <laughs> uh, it took me forever to say that. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And so it is nice to, we see the only other family she's ever had in this, which is just like a couple people that she was on an assignment with and they pretended to be a family for three years in her childhood. And, that and that's it. it. So and, yeah. in any sort of like emotional capacity, she's not like a real human. She's this train killer who was robbed of ever having family, friends. She can't birth children, which is something that she admitted bothers her in Age of Ultron. Yep. And it is kind of nice that in that movie, like Hawkeye is going to name his next kid after her because yeah, the closest thing she's going to have to having kids is like being in a quote unquote like aunt to his kids. Names his kid Nathaniel, right? Yeah, because it ends up being a boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, you can still, still Nat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So great villain, I think. And the buildup in the third act... Because the the third act is mostly like their confrontation is almost entirely verbal. Like there's yeah. again not that much action in this no. Marvel movie. There's like a whole plan like unfolding while they're talking. Sure, but and it's a little bit kind of um Ocean's Eleveny, you know, where you see the plan unfold and then they kind of go back and it's like this was the plan, right? Yeah, Except great. It's stuff. not a heist. It's not a heist, but <laughs> great stuff. I think great spy things. The part where she says, "Thank you for your cooperation." I literally jumped out of my seat. I, I was like fist pumping. I was so excited because the tension in that scene is so good. It's so well acted. It's so well written. Yep. And it it's a callback to when she interrogated Loki. Yep. She acted so well in her face. When when Loki starts mentioning all the bad things Doesn't that she's done. Doesn't he mention daughter? Yes. That's the, okay. the kind of the seed planted, right? He mentions Drakov's daughter, and then we learn what that is in this film. But back then, it was just a thing that they wrote it was down. It was a throwaway line. It was a throwaway line. Because exactly. this movie wasn't going to happen. Exactly. And yeah. so the fact that they base the entire plot around that one line that Loki said is just its just so great. Like, it's so great, you know? <laughs> but she, like, winces. When he says Drakov's daughter, like, her, if you watch that scene again, yeah, like she, watch she... Marvel Legends. They put out, like, the Black Widow episode. Oh, they did a Black Widow out. one. Yeah, it was okay. fantastic because it tells you everything you need to know about her. It not tells you. It reminds you because yeah, you should have like already seen it. It's like a super cut of, all, yeah. like, all of her, basically her Greatest best moments. Greatest moments, yeah. yeah. I just watched that scene, even though I watched Avengers, like, three weeks prior. But anyway, <laughs> when he mentions Drakov's daughter, she's such a good actor that her face, like, winces a little bit in the very minor way that you can read, like, kind of, like, horror a little bit yeah. in her emotions. And so... She acts the shit in front of Loki. And when Loki thinks he has the upper hand, he like, you know, says too much. She turns it off. Because he loves talking. Right. (laughs) She turns it off and goes, oh, thank you for your cooperation. Walks out the door calm as hell. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, and Loki's like, what? And so that they put this back in this movie. And here's the guy who trained all the goddamn spies. And she outspied him. Yeah. Just beautiful. And like that kind of Beautifully became like done. her running thing in MCU. Because she does it at the beginning of Avengers too. Where she's the on other the phone guy. with Coulson. Yeah. She's and she's like, everything. oh yeah, this idiot's giving me everything. Yeah. Oh my God. Such a great climax for me. Is there and again, it's a Marvel climax, 
with not a single punch thrown. Ah, later on, she breaks her nose, punches him a couple times, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. it's just... There's a fight with a Red Guardian and Taskmaster yeah, kind sure. of going on that's, here. That's almost filler. Like, that's not the main event. No. You know what I mean? So I, I do like Red Guardian. Though. Oh, fuck. It has such good parallels to the Harvey Weinstein shit and the Me Too movement. It's just one of those things that, like, transcends Marvel. The same way, like, a lot of... Uh, kind of racial discussions in in black panther kind of transcends the genre yeah you know what i'm saying like the, the good stuff in that movie that i did like <laughs> same you can say the same thing here and i think it's just expertly done just so good so you okay so taskmaster you move on to taskmaster yeah turns out that that's Drakeoff's daughter that he's been torturing this whole time yeah and she's just another puppet I was talking to a friend of mine he he, he was like oh yeah i called that like halfway through the movie and i'm like oh i didn't but sure why not? Well, like, the fact that it was, like, a secret villain, like, it had to be somebody that you had already seen in the movie at some point. Yeah, Otherwise, I, it's not a reveal. I unless think I they just, just wasn't thinking about unless it. Unless they just kept Taskmaster masked the entire time, which they could have done. I just thought it was going to be another person that they were torturing because... Yeah. So, in the comics, it's Tony Masters. Yes, who's um, a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Oh, is it really? Yeah. It, it's one of those. It's so stupid because his initials are TM, Taskmaster. TM'd. Like, come on. That's but a comic book thing. It's such a comic book thing. But he's a, he's kind of a minor Avengers villain because he can replicate all their moves. Yeah. So he was introduced to an, an Avengers comic. He can't replicate their strength, but sometimes it doesn't matter because he's strong enough that it's... it's he's the, strong enough on his own to where he can... Yeah. It's the training and it's the movements that matter, yeah. right? He knows exactly where you're going to be. Because he knows all your moves also, he can predict what you're going to do next. Yeah. So it's very difficult to beat him even if you are stronger than him, yep. right? And there is a little bit of like a tragic side to him in that like yeah. because he can remember all these stuff, he's also constantly forgetting things about his past or his family, stuff like that. Yeah, I wrote it down here. The more implicit memories, i.e. knowledge and abilities, he learns, the more explicit memories, i.e. personal experiences, he loses. Right. So he's kind of just like he's losing his humanity here Yeah. to become such a good fighter, and which is similar to what happens in this movie. They did put that in this. Right. And I like that part because I'm like, she is losing her humanity. She's almost not a person anymore yeah. because she might not even know who she is. When he unmasks her and she's just looking straight forward, not blinking, mm. just kind of like twitching a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like that part they got right. What I didn't like was they completely removed any sort of personality that Taskmaster had. Because Taskmaster is kind of a, he's kind of a smart ass. Oh. And he's kind of witty. Like he's, he's got a pretty cool personality. So what they did with Taskmaster felt and I'm not going to compare this directly, but it felt a little bit like what Fox did to Deadpool in... Uh, the first time, yeah. The first time around. Okay. Where it's like, oh, let's just, just make this assassin character. and, like... Granted, they got more right with Taskmaster than they did with Deadpool the sure. first time. But, like, it took away one of the things that I did like about Taskmaster, which is just how he is. It's not just about, like, the fighting, you know? Okay. It, it feels like... it's. Like, the villain was almost wasted. The amount of Deadpool fans, though, compared to Taskmaster That's fans, very true. That's true. You know, like, everyone knew Deadpool. And so when you openly ruin Deadpool, it's like a big slight to fans. Yeah. I feel like there's just not as much. Like, I didn't know all no, that there's about not Taskmaster. No, there's not as much love for Taskmaster. I've but... only really seen Taskmaster in the Spider-Man game. Oh, where he's just kind of being a dick to Spider-Man? Yeah. And yeah, no, you're <laughs> right. He is kind of a, he's a dick in that, mo in yeah. that uh, game. 
but I didn't really know much else about him. Yeah. But until... it's just it's just one of those things where it's almost like what they did with like the villains in Phase One of Marvel, where they just kind of it's like, oh hey, here's this villain, and now we didn't really do much with them. Okay, yeah. And granted, it's like, like Whiplash, it's not really Whiplash, but it's not really Crimson Dynamo. It's kind of something in between. Yeah, you know. And uh, granted, Drakeoff's daughter is still alive, and she yeah. still has the ability to mimic because it's like a chip in her neck or something. I thought they like plugged something into her, like Matrix style. It's something that it was involved with her treatment after the explosion. I would not be surprised if she comes back. She could definitely come back, and thing. she could still be a villain. And and yeah, she's controlled by someone else. Yeah. Or even if she's not being controlled, like... Or maybe she's ma- controlled... Maybe she'll come back as a smartass. What if she's controlled by, um... What's her face? Val? Yeah, Valentina? Val. I could see that, too, because that seems to be something that they're uh, yeah. setting up. So, my biggest disappointment with Taskmaster is that we didn't, we just didn't see enough of her. No, you know? she's in she's, a couple of scenes, and that's she's, Yeah, she's really not in this movie. It almost feels like she's only in this movie, A, for someone to fight for a little bit, so you could still check that off like your marvel list like you have a villain and and like put on the posters and to put on the trailers you know her uh her initial appearance was very threatening though all of it was fine yeah and and honestly i would have been happier with just a little bit more i like again not the main villain no and not interesting enough to be the main villain the the dad's the main villain right off the main villain right harvey weinstein but (laughs) had they just fought for like a little bit longer at the at the very end their fight at the end was very short, and Natasha beat her very quickly. Yes. I think if they had fought for two more minutes, because some of these action scenes, you know, that feels like an eternity. Mm-hmm. Like, two, three more minutes, they would have fought, and then she beats him, her. It Sometimes it's confusing, because it's like, it was classically a male, and now it's a female. Right. So, no, and, yeah, yeah. And that's why I was like, I don't want to say anything in non-spoilers, because I'm going to accidentally say her, and I'm about to go back and be like, Fuck. And be like this, that's the spoiler. <laughs> so, anyway. Just a little bit longer with their final fight, I think it would have been a lot better. Because I think that was really... Again, it's a nitpick, but it's like my main complaint with the film. That's my main complaint with the film, too. Which, granted, like, if that's my only real complaint, then that's not a big deal. I mean, I have complaints with all of these. When you really really kind of start breaking down, like, the plot of Civil War... It's it's, a little ridiculous. It gets a little ridiculous. And and What's-His-Face's plan would have only worked... Had every piece fallen in place just perfectly. Yeah. It, it was kind of a long shot. And yet here we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's best sometimes to not overthink no, these movies. Suspension of disbelief. disbelief. Disbelief, yeah. So, again, my only real complaint here. Other characters, Red Guardian. He's pretty fun. I love David Harbour's Red Guardian. He, I love David Harbour, first of all. Yeah. He was, like, super badass at the beginning of the movie. Oh, I forgot. I skipped that part. The first, like, 20 minutes of the movie, 15 minutes of the movie or so... Really good stuff. It plays a lot like The Americans, which is a TV show mm-hmm. about uh, the same thing. KGB agents. KGB like, agents. That are undercover like, yeah. in the US. Yeah. Around like the 80s or 90s. I loved it. Like Cold War vibes. Yes. <laughs> y- yes. I love period piece. Yeah. Like political shit so much. I guess that would be my second complaint about the movies. I wish more of the movie was like the first 15 minutes of the movie. Like specifically. Just the whole like. More grounded, less Marvel-y, maybe? In a weird way, yeah. Well, I think this is a happy medium because it doesn't get marvel And you know what? I got a little disappointed around the time when we see the, like, red misty thing. The, the Yeah, the anecdote. The plot for, device. For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the MacGuffin for the uh, Black Widows to forget their chemical training yeah. or whatever. To me, that felt like a, like a write-off. 
you know it's just like a like an easy way to yeah resolve this issue yeah yeah instead of actually dealing with like you know psychological brainwashing oh and which maybe even like political ideologies yeah. like and it's hard to break kind of, those kinds they of do things. kind of explain it to where like yeah what natasha went through was the psychological thing sure which similar to like what bucky went through where it was like brainwashing yeah. and then when the red room was restarted they switched to just straight up like like chemical stuff, m- yeah. literal mind control yeah which is still traumatizing sure but like what if you had brainwashed these girls through propaganda and, and they really believed, and they actually believed what they were doing i think that would that, have been a little more interesting it's a little bit more interesting and it, it'd be a lot harder to break them yep they might still be like a force for bad yeah you know what i mean so when you when you just put it as clean as like here's a little thing you smell and now you're all better it just it's one of those kind of plot things like and we were talking about in tmnt and and dragon ball it's just like an easy way out for yeah. me it didn't bother me that much no by the end of the movie i was fine with it but at first i was like oh great like <laughs> here we go yeah it did happen very quickly like they just kind mm-hmm. of glossed over it very quickly it's like oh this is what we're going to use to fix everyone yeah that's kind of my problem there yeah but eh, whatever <laughs> um no, but David Harbour was awesome. Red Guardian, he's the Russian uh The, the Russian Captain answer America. to Captain America, yeah. I guess. So one thing I really like about this movie is all the time that they're kind of like, because it's the Cold War, you know? Or at least yeah. this is the product of the Cold War. This is years after, obviously. This is modern day Russia. Yeah. But like, it's the product of like, you know, the, the KGB trying to have an answer for everything that the United States was doing. And the KGB's answer to like S.H.I.E.L.D. What's that? S.H.I.E.L.D. has a helicarrier. We have a helicarrier. You know, yeah. like our secret base is up in the clouds and you can't fucking see it. Yep. A little marvelly because I was expecting the Red Room to be like in a basement somewhere. Right. And then they're like, oh, it's it's this machine that makes clouds. Sure. But Which, at that point, it's almost earned because I'm like, that's the end of the movie, first of all. And yeah, it is like the KGB's answer to S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. So it's like, that it's works like for me. It's like their Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it was like the space race. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like that. And, and then that's the other thing I liked about um, Red Guardian. Now, did he actually fight Captain America? He what do you think? Definitely believed that he did. I don't think he was like boasting just to boast or yeah. anything. Like he was upset when he thought the guy was calling him a liar. Well, at first I was like, eh, this guy's just fucking around. And then later when he talks to Natasha, he's, he's like, like, Does he ever ask about like, me? No, but like really. Like like he's being honest. Like yeah. he's like, he's, has he asked about he me? He has no reason to boast about her to or him uh, yeah, to her. And I've seen a few theories on this where it's like there I got it's four possible theories. That here. He did fight Captain America. <laughs> I got four theories here. All right. Number one, he's delusional. Very possible. It's possible. He's uh, been in prison. He's for been a in long prison time. for a long time. He's a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, he fought time traveling Captain America. So at the end of Endgame, when he has the, he has to put all the things, all the, all the Infinity Stones, stones back. back, plus Mjolnir. Um, we don't see him again because then he just ages it back up, and then he meets him at yep. the same place, right? Time traveling Cap, right there. What if he he had to go to Russia for maybe something for some reason, and he just runs into to Red Guardian, and they fight. And then no one believes him, obviously. Maybe that's why they threw him in jail. They thought he was delusional. Yeah, he was like, and everyone was no, like, guys, no. I fought Captain America. Yeah, and they're like, no, he's, he's dead. Fro- he was frozen. No, well, he, in, the, in, the in the present day, they're like, he was frozen during that time. And back then, they're like, Captain America's dead. He died 40 years ago. Shut your damn mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're insane. Number three, he just fought another secret cap, like Isaiah Bradley. Some other U.S. agent that maybe was yeah, like Isaiah who, Bradley or like a John Walker type where it's like, hey, let's look like Captain America. Yeah, because is it that far fetched that like Reagan made like some sort of Captain America? Project? That seems like a very Reagan thing to do. 
<laughs> right? Maybe. He's a movie star. <laughs> and then number four, and this is my favorite one, and it's not my theory. It's my fr- is uh, our friend Chris. Uh, he said maybe he was conditioned by the KGB to believe he fought Cap. That's possible, too. As part of his, like... Brainwashing. Brainwashing. Yeah, they're doing all that kinds of shit. Yeah. Like, as, as they're training him to be... You know, Red Guardian. Maybe they're like, you're not going to lose to him again. Yeah, because he's, um, at least from what I got at the beginning of the movie when they get to Cuba, he's very, very much like a Russian nationalist. Oh, absolutely. He <laughs> wants to do as much as he can. Yeah. He's like, I want to. I don't want to do this undercover shit. I want to be on the field. More, I want to f- yeah. fight for Russia. Exactly. Yeah. It'd be funny if we ever saw him again. And yeah. We- <laughs> And they ex- explain this, or they don't I mean they don't have to. I'm just saying it'd be fun. It'd just be fun yeah. to see him again. If it's the time traveling cap theory, then that would mean that because the directors of Endgame and the writers of Endgame have said different things about what Cap did. Sure, the I've, Russo brothers believe yeah. that he lived his life in, in another timeline and then came back. Yeah, because he had the pin particles to do so. Right. That and one, that one doesn't make any sense to me. That's what I thought when I first watched the movie. Doesn't make any sense. It makes why? more sense than there being two Captain why Americas. Would he, why would he wait to be thing. the same exact age to then come back? He finished living his life. Maybe Peggy died and he's just done. Why wouldn't he just go to the place? My So I, I went with the writers because you were getting you were alluding to the writer's theory. Yeah. That, that he just he, lived out his life quietly. In that same timeline. In that same timeline and just didn't change anything, didn't do anything, lived as a normal citizen. You think he was Peggy's secret husband yeah. the whole time? That's absolutely what I think. <laughs> uh, and it's I think that's a more fun theory when you go back. And you and you look at it that way, like she had a secret husband this whole time, and it was Captain America. Okay. When he sees her in uh, Winter Soldier, she's like she's already like lost her brains though. <laughs> but she's like surprised to see him. She's like, it's been so long. Yeah, but she's also like losing it. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? She has dementia. <laughs> also, fun to think that there's two Steve Rogers at her funeral. <laughs> the other one's just kind of like sitting back in the corner, uh, <laughs> seeing himself carrying yeah, the casket. Yeah. That's weird. Anyway, so for me, this movie had no like prequel low bearing fruit, like in Han Solo, when he getting like, "What's your name, Solo? I'm gonna call you Solo," or like when he hands uh, him the blaster. They showed how she got her vest that she yes. wears in Infinity and War, and I didn't even notice that until I saw a picture of Infinity War. I was like, "That's how she got her vest." They mentioned the vest a lot in the movie too. It was a, it was a fun little yeah. gag though. Uh, we didn't talk about uh, her sister. Yeah, 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 Yelena. She's fantastic. And she, there's very possible that she's going to have a future role in the MCU. They Well, they said it earlier. They said it right around the time this movie was supposed to come out the first time. Is that like, she's going to be the next Black Widow, basically. Okay. And so moving she, forward, that she'll have a role Multi-film deal okay. and, and all this stuff. Yeah. So we, we kind of already knew that going in. I thought she was excellent. Yeah. No, the good news is I really like her character. Yeah. And I was, it was one of those where I'm like, ah, she's not going to be as good as like Scarlett Johansson. And sure, maybe she's not, but like. She's the, still... She was in a lot in the first, like, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. I guess, like, after the Ohio part. And I was like, yeah, she's she's great. Her character also has a very dry sense of humor, which I like. Yeah, I'd love <laughs> to see more of her. So that kind of carries us over to the post-credit scene, where she runs into Julia Louise Dreyfus as Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. <laughs> right. I did look it up. This was actually supposed to be her reveal. And not it was supposed to be like a like a shocking reveal that she was here, and not in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But they don't even say her name in this one. They don't. So I think it's the other way around. Uh, Are you sure? Yeah. Like that's, what you? What that's you what read. I re- based on what I read. Yes. So this is clearly was filmed recently. 
this wasn't part of the original movie because this movie was supposed to come out a year and a half ago. So Julie Louise Dreyfus was not cast by then because she even said that they had to like hide her on set and all this stuff for <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I, I really feel like that was filmed around the same time as Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I wouldn't be surprised if they filmed it at the same exact time, like on the same set, mm-hmm. you know, because that lines up a little bit more, I think. And I'm not sure if they had all those plans back then. Not that they do now when this movie was for this movie would have been shot in like 2018. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like as, you know, Infinity War and Endgame are coming out, this is when this movie was being shot. So I feel like it's a, it's a more modern thing. And also like that's how they do all these post credit scenes. They don't film them usually on, on no, the, the post credit scenes are usually aren't they usually made like right before the movies? Yeah, released? they're usually made on the set of the next movie because yeah. they want to tease a little bit of that movie. So they, they write a quick scene that could fill that gap. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's usually filmed by the next director. So I just get the impression this was made like pretty recently, at least like a year ago, around the time that they're filming Falcon and the Soldier. Mm-hmm. And Which is sh- when we actually first saw her character. Exactly. Uh, she recruited uh, John Walker. Now, even back then, I think this movie was still supposed to come out first. I don't know, because Falcon and the Soldier was delayed too. They were both delayed. Um... Oh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first Marvel show. It and that was delayed behind WandaVision. Cut because of COVID. Yeah. Because it was going to be like a chemical plague or something. Something like that. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I get the feeling that she was still supposed to be introduced in Falcon and the Winter Soldier back when that was supposed to come out around the same time as this. Weren't they supposed to like kind of coincide in their original release? It'd be interesting to look that up, actually. Yeah, I do want to know which one was actually made first. For me, it's that she doesn't introduce herself in this scene. It's written so that uh, Yelena already knows her, yeah. Florence Pugh's character. Whereas in Falcon and the Soldier, she introduces it's herself like a, by it's name. It's a reveal. It's an introduction to the it's character. It's also because John Walker doesn't know who the fuck she is. So. <laughs> well, I guess. But it's I'm interested, obviously, and this kind of sets up yeah. uh, some more, especially in Hawkeye, which comes out later yeah. this year. Yeah, it sets up Hawkeye because she uh, shows a picture of Clint and tells Yelena, would you like to go after the guy that's responsible for your sister's death? It's a loose way of putting it, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Because that's exactly what, what it is. Like, the two of them went there and only one of them came back, right? And that's all you know. So if you want to oversimplify the situation. Which she's then... clearly manipulating her. Ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah she's putting, manipulating all of them. She's putting some sort of team together. I don't know if it's their version of doing like the thunderbolts or yeah, like the uh which would be weird to do without thunderbolt ross being the one putting them together well i mean he seems to still be casting no he's still like in he's play. in this yeah you know or she's setting up like a dark avengers yeah. type thing might be so a lot of people still speculate that uh she'll go after um agatha also it'd be interesting to see her go after someone that she's actually alive. has like supernatural powers yeah i mean that she's alive right yeah so but yeah she's clearly putting something together it's teasing something this was obviously teasing the Hawkeye show. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. It'd be interesting if she is the main villain, actually, in Hawkeye. Why It'd not? Be interesting. So, overall thoughts. Again, just to wrap this up, uh, and we said this at the end of the non-spoiler part, but just, for me, this movie's incredible. I really, really like it. I cannot wait to see it again. I doubt I'm going to, like, make a 180 when I see it again. I think he's just going <laughs> to kind of confirm, you know, what I'm feeling here. I really enjoy this film. I think it's one of the smarter, more grounded, character-driven films for marvel which is what i wanted not even knowing i wanted it you know but i'm very satisfied yeah it's like you go to a restaurant you're not hungry and then someone gives you something it's the best thing and you're like damn this is really good didn't even know i needed that (laughs) so you i enjoyed this movie a lot as as said before 
like not my favorite Marvel movie, but it's definitely high up there. Yeah. Really, the only real gripe I could say that would be an actual gripe. Like, obviously, I said my piece about Taskmaster, but like, seriously, this movie should have come out yep. years ago. Yep. Yeah. And it would have had a bigger impact overall, like both on this movie and on her death in Endgame. Game. Yeah. I think about like watching her death after seeing this film. You it's care gonna, a lot more. It, it's going to hit you a lot differently. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm saying like on rewatches, with, without the post-credit scene, mm-hmm. you know, the whole movie belongs in those two years between Civil Absolutely. War and, and Infinity War. Yeah. Like a thousand percent. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention a couple things that they retconned that I really enjoyed. At the end of this... She's the one that kind of spearheads Team Cat getting back together. It's not... We always assume it's Captain because we see... At the end of Civil War, we see Captain America on the raft getting... um, Breaking them out. Yeah. But now we know it's Natasha, who, first of all, has the Quinjet. She's the one that gets, like, on the black market or whatever. She gets a a, a Quinjet. She's a very resourceful friend that could just get things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I liked him a lot. He's cool. (laughs) After this experience, she realizes who her family really is. It's the Avengers. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to break my family out of jail. <laughs> yep. So she probably goes Presumably and gets... she gets Steve first. Right. Somewhere in Wakanda, maybe. Where he dropped off... Probably. Uh, Bucky. Yeah. Convinces him to, like, you know, break everyone else out. And then they live on their two-year kind of uh, stint uh, as fugitives. Yeah. Together. So I would love just, like... Uh, you remember the Marvel one-shots? Yeah, I miss those because I love those. A Marvel one-shot, because I don't need a series, I don't need a movie. A one-shot, like a 20-minute thing of, like, just them in that kind of time period. Like, Steve, Sam, Scarlet Witch, what's her name? Wanda, Wanda. and Natasha, like, on the Quinjet doing shit. That'd be a great one-shot. It's an expensive one, obviously. Yeah, it's all the actors. Most of the one-shots had minor characters. Yeah, but, like, (laughs) you know, in a perfect world is all I'm saying. That'd be great. Yeah. Anyway, oh, uh, the, the part where she dies. I read this little theory, speaking of that, where that Yelena was blipped by Thanos. She was one of the 50%. And that that was Natasha's, like, main driving force. Well, yeah, because she was very determined to get everybody back. What if she, like, lost her only family that she just barely reconciled yeah. with? That would be kind of, a, a like, a driving factor to, you know, to... Yeah, because there, there's no way that she didn't reach out and try to get yeah. in touch with her after the blip. Sure, sure, sure. Or and during it, during the blip. And in the part where she she's the one that wants to sacrifice herself because she's like, she didn't say it, but you know she doesn't have as much as everyone else. as Hawkeye. Well, yeah, he has, an entire, he has his family, has his kids. Yeah, he has who, a wife and kids, and who he's fighting to get back. Yeah, and out of the two of them, he has more to get back from the blip than she does, so she yeah. sacrifices herself. But that'd be kind of it's a nice little fan yeah. theory. I it's read. like they both have nothing to lose, but he has more to gain. gain. Yeah, gain. yeah, sure. Yeah. So, cool. Well, that's been it for us, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, thanks to that piano dude for our musical intro. You can find us at... I'm just spitballing here. I don't have it in front of me. Find us at Instagram. Films from the Phantom films. Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram. Okay. okay. You can find us on Twitter at Films from PZ. Got a bunch of regular episodes. This is just kind of a bonus review. All those episodes are on uh, YouTube also, among all the other podcast platforms. But if that's how you consume podcasts, hey, you can just do that on YouTube. All of these are recorded on Twitch live Monday nights. You can join us for that. And uh, I think that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. All right. We will see you guys. We're doing Dragon Ball 
Evolution, and we're doing Scott Pilgrim vs. the World next couple episodes. So stay tuned for those. It's going to be a good time. If you're on Twitch, hey, we're going to do that right now. So Yeah, we'll probably take a short break and then start our next episode. Yeah, exactly. I don't know so, why I'm doing that. It is an episode. It's a regular episode. <laughs> the regular. This was the episode. Yeah, this is the quote-unquote episode. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Bye.